As you might expect, today I'm going to focus on the cross of Jesus, which at one level is the greatest mystery of our lives. The cross speaks a truth that defies our human logic and reason. We, we can shed some light on the cross, and, and I hope to do that today, but we will never fully grasp the depth of its meaning and its promise. That being said, what I want to stress today is that the cross is also extremely practical. It is supposed to shape the way that we think and the way that we live and make a very concrete difference to our everyday experience of life. But before we get to the practical stuff, I I want to touch first on the message of the cross And I want to do that by taking us back to a significant moment in the Old Testament. It's the time when Moses was traveling with God's people through the wilderness. It was a very difficult time for God's people. It was a difficult season of life. They were out in the elements. They were vulnerable. Food and water were scarce. They didn't know exactly where they were going, and they didn't know what was waiting for them when they got there. Their faith was low. They felt that God had abandoned them. They were grumbling, complaining, feeling sorry for themselves. And then to make matters worse, they were invaded by a plague of deadly snakes and many of the Israelites were dying. But it was the snakes that seemed to wake them up, that reminded them of their profound need for God. And so they repented of their pride and their lack of trust, and they turned to Moses and to God again. And so God responded by giving them a remedy to these killer snakes. He said to Moses, look, make a bronze snake, put it on a pole, and tell my people to stop focusing on their problems and look at the snake. Because whoever looks at the snake will live. The cause of their death, the snakes, became their cure. It wasn't until many centuries later that the full meaning of that moment was revealed. And it was revealed by Jesus in John's Gospel. He said, just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who looks to the one who is crucified and believes may have eternal life in him. You see, the snake on the pole was a prelude to what God was planning to do all along through the cross. On the cross, Jesus became our cure by taking on our curse. We heard that in our first reading, huh, in this um, prophecy from Isaiah hundreds of years before Jesus. Ours were the sufferings he bore. Ours the sorrows he carried. He was pierced through for our faults, crushed for our sins. On him lies the punishment that brings us peace. Through his wounds, we are healed. If we are truthfully looking at the mess of Jesus' broken, bloodied body on the cross, then what we should start to see 
is our own mess. The cross is supposed to be like a mirror. In it, we should see not just the mess out there in the world, but the mess in here, the mess of our selfishness and our sin, the mess of our judgmental spirit, our bitterness, our jealousy, our unforgiveness, our hatred, the mess of our unhealthy habits and addictions, our negativity and complaining. In Jesus crucified, we see all of our sin, but what we also see are the other experiences of darkness that we face in life, the other pain and challenges that we come up against, the hurt and the injustice that we just cannot seem to reconcile within ourselves, the grief that we can't seem to move on from, our broken relationships, our desperate loneliness, our dark moods, the fears and the anxieties that cripple us. These were the sufferings that he bore. These were the sorrows that he carried. Now, have you ever stopped to ask yourself why? Why did God do it? Why did God bother carrying our sorrows and our suffering? It's a great question, I think. And the simple answer is that he did it because our mess matters to him. It matters to God whether you, because whether you realise it or not, your mess has a debilitating power over your life. Your mess inhibits your faith and your hope and ultimately your flourishing, just like it did with Israelites journeying through the wilderness. You know, I can imagine Jesus saying to us from the cross, hey, if this is what your mess did to me, imagine what it's doing to you. Our mess may not always be our fault, but the point of the cross is that it needs attention. It needs to be saved. It needs to be liberated. That's God's invitation to us through the cross. God's saying, stop trying to fix it yourself. Let me take care of it for you. Because the, the, the weakness and the darkness and the suffering and the death that you face can ultimately only be overcome by perfect love. You can't fix it yourself. This is where we find the ultimate answer to our question. Why would the Almighty, the all-powerful creator of the universe, go to such an extreme length to meet us in our mess? Well, the ultimate answer is because you matter. You matter to God. That's the message of the cross that I particularly want to shine a light on today, that your mess matters to God because you matter. Because you are important to God. Please don't just take my word for it, though. Remember in Palm Sunday, last Sunday, if you were here, we read from Matthew's version of the Passion. And you might remember, just before Jesus died, he cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Now, did you notice that he didn't say, oh, my, my hands, they're killing me. Or he didn't say, my, my feet. He said, my God, my God. See, Jesus had just suffered the pain of being abandoned by his closest friends. He'd just been unjustly judged. 
He'd been physically beaten and scourged. He was stripped naked and humiliated before the crowds. But on the cross, his suffering went to a whole new level. And not just because on the cross he was losing blood and literally suffocating, but because on the cross he was experiencing the pain of being cut off from God, from his deep union with the Father, the source of his light and life and love. You know, fully losing that union with God is what we call hell. That's what he's experiencing. Total darkness. Some of us know the darkness and the pain of grief, deep grief and, and depression and loneliness and purposelessness. But, but none of that is as significant as it is compares to the darkness that Jesus experienced on the cross. In his body and in his mind and in his soul, he was experiencing the toxic effects, the, the snake bite of our collective lack of trust, our collective selfishness, our collective guilt. His judgment was supposed to be our judgment. His cry was supposed to be our cry. But he willingly took it onto himself. So that we wouldn't have to. That is how much you matter. Don't take my word for it. Take Jesus. Take that cry as your evidence. We try so hard to make ourselves feel valuable and lovable, don't we? We, we almost kill ourselves in the process. But today we're celebrating that the value we so desperately need is there in the cross. That's why we call it Good Friday, yeah? Nothing will convince you of your worth like hearing the cry of the Son of God from the cross and realising what that cry means. What God endured for your healing and your freedom. When you open your heart to that cry, it can literally change your life in a moment. It won't necessarily solve all of your problems and your suffering, but it will take away the sting. You see, the love that we discover in the cross, it changes us in the deepest, most vital way. And that also changes how we interpret, how we respond to our challenges, to our circumstances. It changes everything because it changes us. Now, here's where I want to get practical. It is possible to have a PhD in the message of the cross and not actually be impacted by it. Did you know that? Because the cross is not something to be understood. It's something to be lived. It's only by engaging with the cross that we access its power. Jesus said, those who look to the one who is crucified and believe will find life in him. So today I want to leave you with two examples of what it means practically to look and to believe. The first way we look and believe is by accepting the message of the cross. Accepting its message. Whenever you see a cross, I want you to remind yourself 
of what that cross is saying to you, that your mess matters to God because you matter. Because you are fiercely and personally loved and consciously receive that love that the cross is conveying to you. My mess matters because I matter. My mess matters because I matter. Every time you see a cross, remind yourself. My mess matters to God because I matter to God. And, and receive that love into your heart, into your darkness. The message of God's love can be very hard for us to believe, very hard, perhaps the most difficult thing for us to believe. So it's good if we've got lots of crosses around our homes. So we've got lots of reminders of this all-important message. For, yeah, Lots of opportunities for us to remind ourselves my mess matters to God because I matter to God. I'm important to God. I'm valuable. The second way that we look and believe is by imitating the cross. And we were reminded last night that when Jesus washed the feet of his disciples, he was giving them an example. He was giving them a pattern to follow. We see this pattern most fully on the cross. Because that is where Jesus emptied himself most completely. That is where Jesus embraced his powerlessness most fully on the cross. That's the example. That's the pattern. See, in John's Gospel, this was the moment when Jesus was hanging broken and bloodied on the cross. That was the moment that God's power and God's glory was on full display in the world when he was at his weakest. St. Paul makes it very clear that in the spiritual life, the more that we accept our powerlessness and our mess, the more truly powerful we become. I know it sounds upside down, and it is. It is upside down to how we normally operate. St. Paul calls it the wisdom of the cross. How when we come before God in our weakness, we open ourselves to the one who is true power. Imitating the cross means being honest with ourselves about our limitations and bringing them to the cross with faith and with trust to the one who is truly powerful, truly good, perfectly loving. Some of my most intimate and precious and powerful moments with God have come sitting with God in my powerlessness. And, and there, in the midst of my mess, hearing him say, I'm, I'm with you. I'm for you. I love you. Those are the moments that rewire our whole internal system that bring light and truth and hope even to the deepest, darkest areas and experiences of our life. But we can only get there by embracing our powerlessness, by following the pattern of the cross. So in a moment, you're going to have your opportunity. And of course, that's just today. You can come to the cross any day, can't you? Right? But in a special way today, as a family of God, we're going to, we're going to come to um, this beautiful gift of love. I want to encourage you, when you do come to the cross, come consciously, 
and, and receive the message. Receive it. When you come, receive the message. My, my mess matters to God because I matter. Imitate the cross. Bring, bring one messy situation that's going on in your life right now. One area where you are experiencing powerlessness, bring that to the cross. Give it to God in faith. And thirdly, don't forget to say thanks for this mysterious yet life-altering gift of love. Come and look to the one who is crucified and believe. Believe.